Hi, hello. Today I am here with Dave King. And um, interestingly, I was just thinking that um, I've interviewed a few people for this podcast now. And um, you're the person that lives closest to me. And you're the only person I haven't met in person yet. So oh, right. Yeah. We'll have to sort that out. <laughs> bit of irony in that. Um, I mean, I think we live, I don't know, less than a kilometre away from each other, don't we? Oh, okay, right. Yeah, yeah. Really quite close. And um, anyway, it was your lovely wife that um, that suggested I interview you because I gather you have a very interesting story to tell about your career change. And so if if that's okay with you, I'd like to start with what, um, I know you were in a career for more than 20 years. Would you mind starting off by telling us about that? Sure, yeah. Um, well, I uh, left school and became... Uh, a letterpress and lithographic printer um, and then I went uh, via college I ended up in management uh, so I was in the print trade for 26 years um, and I was a I think I was a perfectly adequate administrator mm -hmm. um, I was quite good at making money for the companies I worked for but uh, it, in the end uh, I ended up uh, as many people are sort of welded to a computer for eight, nine hours a day. And uh, I was desperately racking my brains trying to come up with an idea uh, so I could have a complete lifestyle change. And then in 2005, um, the company had had a difficult 12 months and, and uh, myself and a number of the middle managers uh, were made redundant. Um, so my hand was forced, as they say. So can you remember, I know it's a little while ago now, but can you remember how that felt when the redundancy, when the word redundancy came up? Was there a sense of excitement? <laughs> or uh, uh, well, I've got, um, I, I know, you know, I appreciate and understand that for many people, um, it's, it's a very uh, upsetting thing. Uh, but I honestly skipped across the car park it was like a, <laughs> it was like it was it was one of the happiest days of my life and it was it was like a 10 ton weight because uh, I I was you know I, I could see it coming down the tracks and the 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 anticipation of it was worse far worse than the actual event so um yeah it, it that that part of it uh wasn't difficult although I, I totally appreciate for many people um you know it, it's a very difficult time yeah no absolutely it you know it's uh, it's quite interesting hearing people's reaction to to the word redundancy <laughs> you know some people do see it like winning the lottery I think especially if they've been there a long time and they're ready to move on anyway yeah yeah it's um kind of a blessing isn't it whereas for others obviously it's can be a dreadful time very very stressful yeah no I do I do get that totally yeah. but I'm really happy that it uh, caused you to skip across the car park I'm really yeah. happy to hear that <laughs> so then what did you when when the redundancy came did you already know what your next step was going to be or were you still at the not really I wanted um I I really had had spent quite a while thinking about what motivated me mm -hmm. and what didn't motivate me um, and I realised that when when I was on the shop floor as a printer, 
I enjoyed the craft side of the industry. Yeah. Um, and I and I thought, well, I I want to get back to making things, and I want to get back to being outdoors if I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Um, and ha- or having the autonomy to be outdoors. Yeah. Uh, so what I did enjoy about the in my time as in print management was getting out and about, meeting suppliers, meeting clients, coming up to with solutions to the problems. But as computers played a bigger, bigger part in that role, that side dwindled. Um, so I didn't. Have, so I kind of rhinestone walling was kind of there but it wasn't to the forefront I thought possibly going back to craft letterpress printing but that is a bit bit niche and I thought commercially maybe a bit of a struggle mm-hmm. um, so I started out just um, my, my immediate options were in the print industry print buying for a financial services company in Bristol mm-hmm. But I had a I had a friend who worked there, and he said, "Well, they'll almost certainly give you a job, but you'll you'll throw yourself out the window with boredom." He said, "It's awful," uh, or possibly project management, uh, print and marketing uh, in London. But mm-hmm. our two daughters were very young at the time, and I thought, "Well, I just don't fancy schlepping down to London and yeah. staying in a hotel and all that business." So um, yeah, I just I just set, set up a little gardening business I'm quite good with plants and um I, I set up the garden we have here uh so I quite quickly got busy with that and um things I I kind of was was um taken down a path from there which I happily <laughs> happily went down yeah well you've given us a bit of a spoiler there for those people who were listening very intently you did mention the word dry stone walling and I know that's now what you spend well I think that's what you spend a majority of your time doing now is that right most of my time yeah yeah I did I did um I'd been doing the gardening for a few months and then a friend of mine worked at what was then the Royal Agricultural College now the Royal Agricultural University yeah um and he said we're doing this course at the Rural Skills Centre Mm-hmm. two days a week for two months with a with a proper exam at the end of it yeah and um and I said well that great well, what's that going to cost and he said well if you can show us the letter to prove you've been made redundant he said it's free he said it's all paid for by the EU fantastic so uh I thought well that's a no-brainer I'll go <laughs> I'll go and do that and yeah. uh I just I just absolutely took to it like a it was physical hard yeah. but I just I just loved it I just took what to it what was it that you loved about it or do love about I, it I, I, it's really difficult to to say I like I like the being outdoors I like the I like stone I think is my thing and I had no idea at the time I just I've, I I like the fact and I'd never you get to a point where and they call it's called flow with a manual task where yeah. your mind is is slightly disengaged, but m- my hands are doing the craft thing, mm-hmm. and I quite quickly realised I could uh, 
I mean, I was 18 years younger then. I was physically capable of of doing the hard because you can you can shift at least a ton of stone in a day Gosh. with dry stone walling. So it I was okay with the physical side and I really enjoyed just the craft side of it. Mm-hmm. And uh I just yeah, just took to it like a as they say, a duck to water and uh quickly quickly got and uh, busy with that. We had a, a there was a lovely guy uh, in the village who's sadly no longer with us he um Raymond Fenton who who owned one of the manor houses and yeah. and uh he said all my walls are falling down he said um can you just just come in and rebuild them and, and knock on the door when you want paying amazing so, so was he your first ever customer Dave he was yeah yeah on, on the walling side yeah so yeah. I spent the whole of the winter of 2005-2006 in his garden rebuilding all his walls and then I had the so we finished the course around about the Christmas so I think it was 2005 and then we had the the time test in the February so by the time the February came around I'd done enough practice and I just um, sailed through it and then I quickly people heard I was a dry stone waller and and uh, I was quickly able to wind the wall the, the gardening down a little bit and bring the walling up and uh yeah the the rest as they say is history i've been i've been busy with the dry stone walling ever since <laughs> have you ever had to market your your business uh your i've done I've, on two occasions i, I do call it a hobby business but it really sounds like i mean you love it so much but you know i, I do i think i i know it's a, a cliche but if if I, I say if i won the lottery i'd yeah. i'd still want to go out and build Dry stone walls, maybe not in the middle of winter. Yeah. For, but um, yeah, or not, if, if if the weather's reasonable, I, I absolutely love it. So, um, but I've, I've marketed um, uh, my lovely wife Kay, who you know is uh, is a marketing expert, yeah. and uh, I think she gets a little bit frustrated with me at times because I'll be working next to a public footpath and I'll come back with three inquiries. <laughs> she said no it's not it's not meant to happen like that she said <laughs> um but uh so so yeah I've, i have on a, a couple of occasions spent some money on on what i call proper advertising but um i don't think it's done me any good to be honest but but no if, I, if i'm by a public footpath or by a, in a garden where people can walk past and talk to me in, in, invariably uh i'll pick up a couple of inquiries from it. I mean, I guess we're lucky that we live in an area of the UK where there's no shortage of um, of stone walls. Yeah, it, I, I think it's a target-rich environment is the yeah. Yeah, I would yeah. say so. Yeah, we are very lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, and you mentioned the cold earlier. I mean, I woke up this morning and it was minus five. Yeah. And um, actually, I was chatting to my brother earlier this morning, and he he was like, "Wow, dry stone walling. That sounds really cool." I said, "Yeah, I think so too." <laughs> and he said, "But I don't know if I'd fancy it in this weather." So, I mean, is this a seasonal business, or do you get? No, out I work. Uh, I work all year all year round. Um, I go up. I there. I mean, there are some days when, if I forget to put a tarpaulin over the top, my stone pile is literally frozen solid. Yeah. So you can't, you know, I, I just um I go up to six layers. If, right. if six if, if if I if six layers aren't keeping me warm, then I, I just come home and put the kettle on and, and do paperwork or you know, it's uh but me, my, I, I driving rain I don't do. Mm-hmm. 
But, but other than that, I mean, there's the, you can get thermal gloves now to work in, which are pretty good. And yeah, I'll take take hot soup and just push on through. And it, something that I'm curious about is how does it ever get lonely? So I, I imagine you spend a lot of time by yourself. Yeah. Well, I've got the dog and the radio. Okay. So uh, companions. Yeah, a bit of a one-way conversation with the dog, but uh, <laughs> I, I find um, I'm one of those people. I was I'm I'm an only child essentially, so I'm not. I genuinely don't get lonely. I'm working with a couple of guys at the moment on a job over in Bisley. We'll probably finish it tomorrow, right. and one of them said he he does get lonely. Mm -hmm. um, but I. I'm genuinely I like people I'm perfectly okay in social situations but I'm I'm perfectly content with my own company and you know I listen have the radio on and uh you know the odd chat to passers-by and things like that no I'm I'm fine with that the odd new customer the odd new customer three yeah. new customers yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I mean I know it's a little while since you made the big career change but what do you think you've learned about yourself in the process? Have you did you take any skills with you into into your business? Yes, the skill. What I, as I as a commercial manager and a print buyer, I had to communicate with, get the best out of suppliers, communicate with other people within the companies I was working in, and deal with clients. Mm -hmm. um, so I I do have. Uh, I think a reasonable customer service ethic. Yeah. So if I get an inquiry, even if I'm busy, I will always I will always return an inquiry within 24 hours. Um, on occasion, somebody might, you know, walls come down and they'll be in a bit of a pickle, and I'll and I say I'll go out and say, look, I I can't get to it for you know sometimes six months. However, I'll clear, you know, I'll, I'll clear the, the stone off the road and make it safe. And mm -hmm. so I think it's um, I used to I have a very good friend who was a great print salesman. He's he's been retired for about 10 years, um, but he wasn't one of these sort of oily chances. He was a, he was a what I call a technical salesman. And I said to him once, I said, John, why? you were a great salesman and I said you did really well I said how do you do it and he said he said I never sold anything to anybody he said what I did was talk to people and he said I gave them solutions to their problems so what I I, I very much have brought that ethic over so I will I try and try and make life easy for people yeah um and that's so one of my, one one of my as customers, isn't it? As customers, we just want somebody to make our lives just that little bit easier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the best things I did was was um, about seven years ago, I had this new client and we had, I think, do you remember the Beast from the East when we had all that? Yes. She'd, um, she, she'd got her vehicle snowed in on the drive and I was freezing cold. So I just got a shovel and a couple of mats and uh, <laughs> just to warm up. And dug her dug her vehicle out of the snow, and uh, I've been there on and off ever since. <laughs> so it was a very it was a very very lucrative couple of hours digging a Range Rover out of, off of a drive. See, yeah. it, it all comes back in yeah. some way. It's funny because you know I do talk to a lot of people who are thinking about a career change, and 
one of their big fears is that they've invested all this time in their existing career and that going into something new is going to be starting completely from scratch. And so I always, you know, I always think that you bring something, you bring something into your new career, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Experience and the skills and the knowledge that you've acquired over the years. You bring those with you. So you're never, ever starting from scratch, in my opinion. So it's quite. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And we're told we're sorry, go on. No, carry on. Now, I was going to say, we're, t- we're told that the two things in life you can't avoid is death and taxes, which is absolutely true, but it's also change. Yeah. You can't resist it. I mean, change is always going to happen. Yeah. So, um, you know, just go with it and try and make it work for you. This is it. The only constant thing is change. Yeah. And do you remember, did you have any fears around, obviously you were really excited that you weren't made redundant and then I know you started with the gardening, but was there ever a part of you that was fearful of what lay ahead? The, not, the my only fear was, um, as I said before, the, the redundancy actually for me was a huge relief. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started doing the dry stone walling, I I remember there was a day at the Rural Skills Centre at Coates where I just couldn't do it. I just lit, I could not put one stone on top of another. And um, and the the instructor James came up to James Bent, lovely guy. He said, "What what's the matter?" And he said, "It's not right, is it?" I said, "I can't." I said, "I can't put one stone on top of another." And he said, "You're trying too hard." He said, "Go and have a cup of tea and walk around the block." And he said, come back and have another go. And he was absolutely right. I just needed, so, my, but I was genuinely, I thought I want to make this work so much. And it what? and I thought, and he was right. He said, you, with dry stone walling, you've got to be slightly disengaged for it to happen. So, so that was my, that was my worry that I wouldn't, I couldn't do dry stone. But once I realized I, I had a word, you know, went off and had a word with my, I had a chat with myself and it, it was, it was fine after that. But so, so sometimes I would say a little bit of a little bit of gentle self-analysis. And some sometimes it is because you want it to happen so much. Yeah. And it just just uh, so either either literally or, or metaphorically uh, have a cup of tea and a walk around the block and totally. get and your head in it, a different place. Yeah. And let it go a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Is that the only time that you experienced fear? Because actually, it sounds like uh, no, I wouldn't say f- quickly. <laughs> there was a couple. There was a couple of. I did a job. I did a job for a client. I'd done some. I'd laid a patio for them, and uh, given their garden a bit of a makeover. And I just, I hadn't been dry stone walling very long, and they said, they said we want a piece of um, sculpture for the garden, something creative. What could you do something in stone? They'd seen, they'd seen an Andy Goldsworthy egg. I don't know if you're familiar with his work. He is no. a He's an incredible landscape artist. I mean, he he does he he did a lot of dry stone eggs and other creative stuff. And they they so they said we've seen a, an Andy Goldsworthy egg. Could you could you build a, a dry stone egg in our garden? And uh, I said I said oh yeah yeah I can do that yeah. <laughs> so I came home and I I just sat with a cup of tea and my head in my hands and I I said to Kay I said oh dear. What have I, I done? <laughs> what have I done? I have so bitten off more than I can chew. And uh, I had a, so I had a, a good friend who's uh, 
very clever guy, uh, very, a great lateral thinker. And he's he's uh, done boat building. And I thought, well, he's a very practical guy and very clever. I'll, I'll, I'll discuss it with him. So I said, I said, Paul, I, I, I've, I've got to build a dry stone egg. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he said, uh, he said, oh, well, well, we better have a beer and, and think about this. So we had a beer and he said, oh, he said, what you need is, uh, he said, it's like building a, a wooden rowing boat. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, you just need a, a datum point and a table of measurements. He said, it'll build itself. Mm-hmm. So uh, I said, okay. So we did a couple of drawings and uh, I did what he said and it, it, I built a dry stone egg. So I've done a few since. And, uh, you know, as long as you stick to the rules, it, they'll they'll work but uh, and I did I did um so from the walling I got into uh the creative work which I again so I had absolutely no idea I had a creative side at all I didn't do art at school I had no idea and my wife Kay bought me a a weekend stone carving course Mm -hmm. and uh I I just which is through New Brewery Arts uh, in Sirencester. Yeah. A lovely lady called Anne, Anne Margaret Ball. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I did a, a weekend stone carving with her. And mm-hmm. she said, well, what, what do you want to carve? And I said, well, I'll, I'll, I'll have a go at an acorn. So I picked up a stone and she showed me how to use the mallet and chisel. And uh, I, I, I could just, I could see an acorn. I just take, took away what wasn't the acorn. And she said, "We've well, you've done a bit of this before, obviously. I said, no, I've never, I, I understand stone, but I just, so I just, so. Do you mind me asking what age you were when, when you did that? Uh, about 40, mid forties, mid late forties, I suppose. So it took yeah. you four and a bit decades to, um, to uncover this. Yeah, I had no, no idea, but I realized I can, I, I can do that thing. I can visualize in three dimensions and I didn't realize I just thought that's what you do I didn't know that was a a special thing so (laughs) so I just uh, so I did I did so so to talking about the as I've ever been nervous I went I applied 2013 to do the Bristol Festival of Stone which is like a a a competition for stonemasons and I'm not a stonemason I would never profess to be they're very very talented people Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's an architectural skill uh, so I just applied for it, for, and I thought, well, they won't let me in. But so I got a. I, they let me in. I was like the the wild card at Wimbledon. So no. they, they they plonked me in my own gazebo down on the harbour side, kind of away from everybody. So I, they, you can make a mess down there, you know. But I, I was so out of my depth, Yashim. Honestly, I I I hadn't been carving very long, and I so I, I just picked up a chisel, and, and they gave me this massive chunk of bath stone and I got and I you know I did a you know something quite I didn't get anywhere in in the rankings but what was lovely is again it's one of those happy events where I realized that the stone community they're such nice people Mm. and I and it was and so everybody was they they kind of took me under their wing and they'd come down and have a little chat with me and bring a cup of coffee down and uh wonderful and I just picked their brains. There was, just, you know, it's just all people for different nationalities, you know, men and women. Of uh, course, forty percent of stonemasons are women. Is that right? Yeah, very, very talented people. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it was just such a, you know, and they just said, "No, you're one of us." You know, so it was lovely. Okay. So, so I didn't get anywhere, but it was, 
once I kind of got over the fear of being like the wild wild card at Wimbledon, it was um, yeah, a really positive experience and I learned so much. How cool is that? So in your mid forties, you found a new skill and a new tribe. Yeah, yeah, so Absolutely happy days. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm guessing that your definition of success might have changed and merged a little bit over the years. Can you remember if I'd asked you 25 years ago or 20 years ago what your definition of success was back then versus what it is now? Does it look I guess, different? I guess uh, then it would have been uh, a significant element of that would have been financial. Mm-hmm. And obviously I'm not, you know, we all need money. To it helps the world go around. Yeah. Uh, but I've, you know, I'm very lucky in that, well, when I was made redundant, Kay was uh, quite highly paid. So it, it helped to cushion the blow, which is a big, big thing. I'm not, you know, I'm very grateful for that and I'm not making mm-hmm. light of that. Mm-hmm. So I guess it would have been significantly financial. But, but what I, a driver for me was, was helping people um so i used to love it when when one of the account handlers would come over with a an inquiry they'd they'd have and they'd say how do we get this printed yeah what you know so i i loved using the skills that i'd learned uh, to find a solution mm-hmm. so i guess that there is still an element of that although i'm doing something fundamentally different there's still yeah. an element of that but the fine the financial side is, it's still an issue, but it's genuinely, I mean, what, on 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 several occasions, doing what I do now, whether it be the dry stone walling or the carving, mm-hmm. people have, people have come up to me and said, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I thought, never, never in 26 years. You know, I, I occasionally got a pat on the back. But nobody had ever used the B word, you know, that is, and that is, I know, you know, you do feel six feet tall. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's really, it's really nice, isn't it? When you get that sort of recognition for the work that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly your contribution to the world's on a completely different level, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, but, so, and it is, and uh, yeah, there's no money involved in that, which is, you know, it's. uh, Yeah, it's a nice feeling. And so anybody that's listening to this right now who's thinking about making either a big change or even just a little tweak to their career, what would your advice be having gone through? I'd say, uh, obviously, uh, if you can, don't take too big uh, or, or take a good look at the financial risks involved. But I'd say don't doubt yourself. Um, and be be flexible go go with it and 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 and, yeah just just be embrace the change and and be flexible it's 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 really you you oh if it's a new experience I always think well what positive can I get out of this Mm. not being mercenary but but obviously you know your your client has has got to have a win too but i just think that you know if i'm if i'm going out a bit on a limb i think well this will be a positive experience yeah no that's brilliant advice and i'm curious actually if you could go back in time 
would you have quit your job and done this sooner or do you feel like the timing was just you know the stars just aligned and everything worked out I think I think this, yeah I don't I, I don't I don't want to get too woo-woo about it I think there's an Woo-woo's element fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I've gone I think I really believe that I that you can make your own luck mm-hmm. I think if you're if you're yeah, I don't want to go off on a you know, mega positivity thing. But I think, you know, if you're just open to new experiences and are friendly and helpful, do- doors will, if not open, certainly unlock. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, a positive thing to do. Yeah. Um, so, but ob- ob- on the objective side, if I could go back knowing what I know now, I would have probably gone down more of a stonemasonry route. That is a, so people, I will often get an inquiry and people say, oh, I've heard you're a stonemason. And I'm just on it. I said, no, I know I'm not. I do do little bits of stonemasonry, but I cannot say I'm a stonemason. So I did. So when I was made redundant, when, when I realized I was going to, I enjoyed working with stone, I thought, well, I'll put myself on a, my own kind of apprenticeship, if you like. Mm-hmm. So I did. I did creative work with stone. I've done the stone, the sculpture side, the carving side, letter cutting. I did um, lime mortaring. I did, uh, but there is. I, I can't say I'm a stonemason, so I would have done a, objectively. I'd have done a little bit more stonemasonry training. I think. Okay, but I do love that you're doing these workshops now, and um, I'm planning. My parents live in Turkey, but next time I they visit, I'm planning to send my dad because he's actually um, he's a bit of a creative genius. He's always had this creative streak that probably got lost a little bit while while he was working. Um, you know, he worked very hard. Um, he was a hotelier, and now in retirement or semi-retirement, I should say, he does still do some work. He's rediscovered this um, all his creative talents and I All right. really enjoy your course so I will yeah, yeah. plan yeah, to send yeah. them on it <laughs> when no, they're very they're, 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 we have all sorts they're very um you know we have they're very popular with uh as gifts for retired people yeah. um a lot of a lot of women on the courses it's not people think I oh, was really hard work and um no it's I think it's personally I think it's easier than wood carving I don't want to downplay wood carving I have okay. friends who are wood carvers but it's mm-hmm. uh yeah, I think it's uh, yeah, it's, it's quite easy, and they will eat very well. My Kay does the food. Yes, I saw, uh, well, I've seen pictures of the brownies. I've not tasted them. No, it's it's, it's, all, it's gourmet cooking. So I don't know whether to sell it as stone carving with homemade food or gourmet cooking with a bit of chipping on the side. <laughs> <laughs> I think either way, in for a treat. Um, when's your next course, Dave? If people uh, it's end of March, end of March, and then we run them through uh, monthly. I don't think we're we're I don't, we're not doing one in April this year, but uh, then May, June, July through to the last one, which is in October, and they run over a weekend, all tour supplied, no experience necessary, um, and you'll be undercover. Fantastic, undercover secret agent. Yeah. And, That's your dad. Um, <laughs> and if they google dave king stone carving will it will it come uh, i think up it's www.davidkingstonecarving.com uh, www. um, perfect there we go if you fancy going along do it and um i i'm gonna say thank you so much i've really enjoyed talking to you 
It's, Likewise, uh, a pleasure. Yeah, and so many pearls of wisdom that I hope people will take away and feel inspired by. And uh, yeah, thanks again. You're welcome. Nice talking to you. Bye now. Thank you.